At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica, a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. We've always been intrigued by stories of disappearances. Whether it's a fraudster from the 17th century who kept evading the authorities or a novelist who taunted the Nazis and faked her own death, we all want to know what happened next. To find out, listen to Womanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. There's that amazing quote from Love Jones, where Isaiah Washington's character says, falling in love is easy. Will someone please tell me how to stay in love? Probably messed it up just a little bit, but, and that's how I felt about this business, like falling in love with this business, getting into the actual business. In hindsight, it's actually easy because a lot of times it's luck meets preparation. But at that the hardest part that people don't talk about is staying in it. It's easy to fall in love. The hard part, y'all know this, is staying there. So we have actor, extraordinaire, hunk of a man, handsome man. I don't know what you call it. People don't say hunk anymore. Michael Ely gets naked. Calm down. He's fully clothed. He's just on the podcast. After this break. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T Connects and Ode to Podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the driving to work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes... I guess identify the life that I want and and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing. Right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the L.A. Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion, a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment, connected with. In a world with vulnerable, considered weak, come and remove the veil from entertainment's elite. It's the difference between what is real and what the public sees. So here's your favorite celebrities behind the scenes. It's refreshing, authentic, the whole story specific. Life altering events to shape the person that you hear. We got a champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. It's the greatest in sports and entertainment connected with us. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. Got a champion and carry champion. Hey girl, you did it. Got a champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment connected with us. So y'all. 
I, I gave y'all that drama about my luggage last week. I'm fine. I'm settled. I'm situated. Um, I, I had an opportunity to work with today's guest uh, several times. I've interviewed him a few times, but this past month or so, I, I was able to work with him at Essence. I moderated a panel for his new show, which we get into, which is going to be absolutely everything. Reasonable doubt. It'll be on Hulu. But before we get into all that, I did say something very clear. I told you I went to Essence, but <laughs> I don't know if I explained the scenario that poor Michael Ely was under. I meet Michael Ely to moderate a panel. We chat behind the scenes. And I like to say, ladies and gentlemen, the handsome man, Michael Ely. And, you know, I'm just being silly because I'm silly. And the crowd, and by crowd, I mean the women, 8 to 80, young, crippled and crazy, Everybody was just, they lost their mind. And I had never seen anything like it up close and personal. Like you can, you can guess, but it was just up close and personal. So he was kind of shy about it. You could tell, I thought painfully shy, but he didn't want all the attention. And it was something. And then later on, we were talking and I noticed this, this man, this big brolic dude hanging around him. And I was like, is this security? He's like, yeah. I said, to fight off the ladies? He says, yeah. I'm like, what? So that is where we begin this interview. How did he enjoy Essence and all that attention? Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Ely on Naked. To a certain extent, it, it, it makes me uncomfortable. I mean, at this point, I've, I want to say that I've adjusted and gotten used to it, but like I was telling you, I think during COVID, I really forgot that that could happen when you go to another city. Because in LA, it, it just doesn't happen that way. But when you go to another city, um, and it, it, it can get a little hectic at times, but you know, at the end of the day, I think there's worse problems to have, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Women like, chasing I mean, you around. Literally, women chasing you around is not bad if you have security to stop them. Right, Michael? Or no? Yeah. I mean, even if you don't have security around, like having people chase you because they like you is actually, you know, that's a high class problem, as I like to call them. I mean, it's a high class problem. I'll take it. Um, you know, I, I know it comes with it. And so I, it's, it's better than having them hate you. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think you in fear of that. So there was this one point, uh, you guys, where he was trying to be funny or maybe not. And he was telling people to come and sit on stage next to him. I fear for my life. Um, I felt like. Well, hold on now, Carrie. See, now. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm forgetting. The, I'm forgetting. You're, you're forgetting the fact that you, <laughs> you offered the opportunity to come sit next to me. And all I did was to try and continue the joke. And at which point. It, it, it became real. It, it got real. It was about to be a stampede up in there. And the yeah, only reason the only reason why I offered that was because they were leaving. And I was like, hey, guys, don't walk right. away. You can sit next to Michael. And they were like, well, OK, right. well, OK, sure. It was yeah. beautiful to see. I love how you're being supported and 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 you have a solid fan base. I think what's interesting is something you pointed out earlier is that. You don't necessarily love the attention. In person, you seem really shy. And you share with me that's how you grew up. Or not necessarily shy. Maybe bashful, not necessarily wanting all of the attention. What do you mean that's how you grew up? Well, I think for me, it, it you know, I, I was raised by very, very normal 
people. My parents uh, have both passed at this point, but uh, they they raised me and my sister to be extremely independent. They raised us to be, um, you know, just very conscientious about, you know, community and family and friends. And so I don't have um, this greater sense of my worth Mm. that I think comes sometimes with being in the Hollywood scene, right? Like, so I, I think somebody could come on set and see all of the attention that you get from somebody doing your hair and your makeup and tying your shoes and, and, you know, or you walking with security through a convention center and people thinking, oh, he's VIP. He's really important. You know, I think all of that, I think I've learned that that's all smoke and mirrors. And at the end of the day, my parents gave me the kind of foundation I needed to know what's real in this world. And I know that all of that stuff can go away tomorrow. It can all go away tomorrow. What's interesting about actors, and I hear them say this a lot, you're not, every actor, whatever your background is, white, black, purple, or green, it could be gone tomorrow. This is a business where they love you and then next day they don't. In my business, they say you're only as good as your last live shot. Like in maybe in yours, it's maybe you're only as good as your last movie or whatever, your last project. But Mm -hmm. you started acting when? How old were you when you were like, oh, were people like, I saw you in this, Michael Ely? Might be two different ages. Yeah, it's two different ages. I, I started acting at 19. I didn't really break out until um, I was 27, which was Barbershop. I'd say Barbershop was like the first one that like, and that, you know, this is the 20 year anniversary of that that movie. So uh, I've actually, I've, I've, this has been an interesting year for me in the last like year or so, actually, is I go on sets now and I always know somebody I worked with before. I always have actors come up to me and, you know, ask for advice. And I realize now I'm kind of the OG now, right? Like I'm the guy who you know, certain people grew up watching my movies now. <laughs> now they're on set with me and that's freaking beautiful. Yeah. It's beautiful. Um, and, and, it, and, it, and it's reassuring because, you know, there's that amazing quote from um, Love Jones where Isaiah Washington's character says, falling in love is easy. Will someone please tell me how to stay in love? Mm. Right? I probably messed it up just a little bit. But, but I get it. I get it. That's deep. The point, right? Yeah. And that's how I felt about this business, like falling in love with this business, getting into the actual business. In hindsight, it's actually easy because a lot of times it's luck meets preparation. But at the, the hardest part that people don't talk about is staying in it. And you and I both know, like it's in this ever-changing climate, it is the most fluid business. I mean, there's tech and there's entertainment, right? <laughs> And they're both moving so fast that we we have to kind of be able to adapt. We have to reinvent ourselves. We have to stay youthful, stay young, you know, all of that. And so uh, uh, staying in the business is is hard because you're right. Oftentimes, the business is focused on who's the next big this, who's the next this. It doesn't matter who you are, who's the next. And so you have to keep reinventing yourself. And you say, I have an audience. 
I'm proud to have that audience. I'm proud of the audience that I built because I feel like a lot of these younger cats right now, they don't even know what that's like because their audience is this new generation that doesn't necessarily believe in movies. So, that's crazy. I, yeah. I, I, when I have these conversations, I'm like, oh, I'm so aging myself. But there is something about what you said, whether the quote was right or not, falling in love is easy, staying in love isn't. And that's true for pro- professional and personal. Because I feel that same way about my business, about yes. what I don't love about it anymore. And, I'm, and I don't want to be jaded, but I am. And it's hard not to be. And then mm-hmm. you go places and you're like, oh, God, I got to work with this person. Okay, just get my face together. Or whatever the case may be. Yeah. What in the world is it about, I, and I haven't thought about this, but what is it about people who choose the profession that you find yourself constantly reinventing yourself? What is that? Why are we attracted to that? Why are you attracted to this business? Even though I understand why you fell in love with it and what you wanted to do, but staying okay. in it. Here's, here's the best answer I could come up with. Um, as far as I'm concerned, and, and you tell me if you feel the same way, I'm not in the business I signed up to be in. Are you? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. So what happened was we signed up for a business that um, respected integrity. You know, um, you know, we didn't just show up off the street and, you know, get into the business. We actually studied what we're doing. You know what I mean? And we have a passion for what it is that we do. And I think we got into the business. So I'll speak, I'll speak on behalf of myself now. I got into this business because of the craft of acting. I am still in this business because of the craft of acting. So the, the love of the craft is still there, right? But what happens is it's all the other, you know, tangents <laughs> that just keep coming. You keep getting hit with all of these different these different things that kind of take the business and take it in a different direction. When I was when I signed up for this business, there weren't streaming services. Change the game. They weren't streaming service. There wasn't podcasts. There there was only ra- there wasn't even like radio stations outside of like local stations really and then the movie business was a bit more simple and movie uh studios used to make dramas and dramas are what made me want to get into this business and now the studios don't really make dramas anymore they acquire them from independent filmmakers and so forth and so on and then they push them out as their own and win Oscars for them. But they really make entertaining films. That's their thing. Entertaining films. It's funny that we're saying this. If, in fact, Frank Sinatra's... Hopefully make a lot of money. <laughs> wait, wait, have it say it again? That, 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 that those movies hopefully make a lot that's of a, money. That's the hope, right? And if they don't, then you're right. in trouble. But the conversation that you're having, I could imagine that, and, you know, I love old films. I imagine that if... Marilyn Monroe, Marilyn Monroe or Frank Sinatra or Sammy Davis Jr. were alive. They'd be like, what is, when you were at your prime, they're like, what is this? Where they don't belong to studios anymore. They don't do all three of those things. They don't sing. Yeah. They don't act. They don't dance. Yeah. What is this now? Right. You're, so yeah. I think it's interesting because our world is forced to evolve, but we live in a country where our laws are not. Like we still hold hmm. people accountable 
for laws that were created in the 1700s, but yet and still they force us to evolve in our professions and our personal lives and every aspect of the world. But it's crazy to me where we are in today's times. And I know that you're very aware, thoughtful, well-read, um, activated activist in my, and activist is different, but meaning like you're out there and you, and you have an opinion and you're not afraid to share it. Did you ever think there would be a time and Hollywood has been doing this stars do this when they use their platform, but were you ever hesitant to use your platform to speak out against, you know, racism, social injustice, all of the things that are in the world today? 100%. But it's more so, it's not that I'm scared to speak out so much as I think right now, the way in which you speak out is where things become a bit problematic for me, right? So, um, you know, oftentimes they want that people go to your Instagram to hear how you feel about a police shooting. And I don't find that Instagram is the best way to express my opinion about a police shooting. Um, because there's no real conversation to be had. You say something and people, you know, there's a certain amount of people that will agree with you and you're just preaching to the choir when it comes to those people. And then there's people who are looking to pick apart your argument and are looking for you to say the wrong thing. And so it, it's a fine line between wanting to use your platform to speak up but also being well-educated, well-read, well, like really understanding the topic that you're speaking about or speaking out about and putting that out there in, in, in the world. Because as you know, once you put something out you there, got, yeah. there's no pulling it back. <laughs> and so there is a lot of pressure to get it right. There's a lot of pressure to get it right. And sometimes I just... I think, well, I either got, I just, I can't put out my feelings, my real feelings about this right now because I don't have the time or I can't even process my anger fast enough to get this out on time because by the time I process exactly how I feel, it could be a week later. And sadly, in our world, there could be another shooting. Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to play catch up. It's hard. It's really, really hard. It's pretty powerful that you think that you have to process what you're feeling before you say something, because that is not what today is. Like something happens immediately and people are quick to just, oh, I got to get this opinion off. I have to get that. I, in a world that I work in, I have plenty of opinions, but sometimes I don't, I don't have the energy. So I won't say anything. So I just won't say anything. Not because I'm afraid. I just cause I don't give a damn anymore. But I just am like, I don't, I don't have the energy. So I would think, here's what I'm going to go back to your career. I would think that someone who, um, who's had such a successful career mm -hmm. is arguably pretty easy to get along with on set, right? Don't mm -hmm. you think, don't you think, are you pretty, like, if I said, how is it, if I, I was like, yeah, how's it working with Michael Ely? Was he a nightmare? What would she say? How would Gabrielle Union describe working with you? <laughs> um, I think, I think uh, Gab would say that working with me was a lot of fun. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Why'd you laugh? <laughs> no, that, that's my girl right there. Uh, oh. Oof. 
Okay. Okay. I saw. Well, I saw. Here's here goes some Hollywood. I saw you at the birthday party. Remember? Yeah. 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 Okay. And you you were minding your business, chilling. And I was and I was always curious. I was like, and she only has great things to say about everybody. But I was I'm curious about what she would say about you specifically that she enjoyed working with. Oh, I mean, we just we just had so much fun, and like the amount of conversations that happen off screen about you know the bullshit that's going on in the world at that time um you know uh, it, it was all like just she's her outtakes are some of the most fascinating outtakes like when i when i talk to gab i just don't feel like i'm talking to uh, a personality she is a very real fully realized person that has handled her trauma that understands exactly where she is and what she wants i just got so much respect for that i just do i got so much respect for that i always will and if you need her she will show up she will she will and that's you know you and i both know that everybody can't you can't say that about everybody so you have to be kind of grateful for the ones that you can say that about. And, and Gab is that person. And she, sure. she collects good people. She tries to have her atmosphere set around with good people or maybe or just, you know, fun. More importantly, fun people, because I enjoy yeah. I enjoy a good time. So I appreciate her for that. Um, OK, yeah. so. I'm not getting messy, but I am curious, who is okay. your all time favorite actor? <laughs> Male or female, or you can put them in individual categories. One male, one female. All-time favorite. Like, you watch, this, you watch them and you're like, who inspired you to act? I know you said you like dramas, but was there some movie that you saw and said? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the easy one. That's Mo Better Blues. Oh. Oh. Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, yes. Mo Better Blues was... Um, the first movie that I saw where I thought to myself, man, I felt like I could see myself on the screen for the first time, right? Like I was saying to Essence at a panel on Essence that my son is growing up with Miles Morales and Black Panther as his first two superheroes. I didn't have that. I didn't have that. I had Christopher Reeve as Superman, right? So people are like, whoa. <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> That's how old. <laughs> um, and so... Uh, I, I I never had, like, I had, you know, Bruce Willis, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone. I had all these, like, action heroes, and none of them looked like me, right? And so, for me, there was Eddie Murphy. He was my first action hero in Beverly Hills Cop. Hands down. I, I could tell you every single line from that movie. Eddie shined in that movie. That, and, you know, you can watch documentaries about this. That movie was so pivotal because he was the smartest cat in the room and he outsmarted everybody. And it was amazing. He had the street smarts. He had, it, was, it was just an um, incredible film. You're so right. I never, Eddie Murphy, you're, you're right. was my first action hero. Why? Because that's where we were at the time. <laughs> that being said, uh, and Denzel was only doing drums. Uh, so then, so then uh, what was I saying? Uh, so there was Eddie there, and then Denzel 
And so Spike did Mo' Better Blues. And Ernest Dickerson, his DP, shot Mo' Better Blues. And if you remember, Mo' Better Blues was so aesthetically pleasing. Like, he made Brooklyn look, or Brooklyn, look so beautiful, right? And I was like, wow. And to know that a Black man shot that, a Black man directed it, and a Black man starred in it, I said, oh, the wheel started spinning. It became a possibility, right? Just like kids are growing up now thinking a Black man can be president. It's the norm. Black man can be a superhero. It's the norm. We, we are having the, this kind of shift, and it's a good thing. And so for me, that was, uh, when I saw Mo Better Blues, that was the first time my wheel started spinning about a possibility of doing this and wanting to know more about it um, and seeing it as a, po- a real possibility. And Wesley. But get out of here. You get everybody go watch it, stream it. Thank God streaming is available. It is it is must see. And I hear you talk about it with so much love and so much um, nostalgia. Yeah, the nostalgia. It's I mean, just it was, amazing. It was it was it was influential in that way. And you know, when I got the opportunity to work with Spike, it was a dream come true because you know his movie, his work, do the right thing was a whole different thing, but. His movies really were the ones that kind of got me and my friends thinking that this was even a possibility. I think that when today, if I if when I have interviewed people or even when I talk to, you know, mentor young girls and they say they want to be an actor or an actress, rather, um, I go, why? And they don't really know why. So I believe there's an element to not necessarily knowing why you're drawn to something, but it's more about the fame. I have a feeling it wasn't fame for you um, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Cause I told you, I, I, I tease you and say you're painfully shy, but mm-hmm. what was it for you that drew you? You saw yourself and said, I want to do this because why? That's a great question. Wow. Um, and I'll, I'll get to it. I just want to answer one other thing that you said that was interesting, which is, you know, I think now there are people who want to act or want to get into the business and it's not so much fame as it is. It's possible. It's normal and it's possible. Okay. Not far fetched. But is there a difference? It's far fetched for me. Right. It was far fetched for me because nobody in my family did it. So only these satellite people were doing it. Right. Like the Eddies and the Denzels. And they were the only ones doing it. But I think there's something to be said for um, seeing yourself more on screens, like whether it's movies or TV or YouTube or whatever it is. Everything becomes the norm. Everything becomes possible. And you and I both know we didn't see a lot of black people on the screen when we were coming up. So maybe we maybe our friends went into another path because it just wasn't even an option. So for us, I think there is some sense. It's not always I think about the fame. I think sometimes it's, you know, I think with this newer generation, I think sometimes it's just possible. They all believe that they can be um somebody especially with social media because you are the president ceo and star 
of your own network. Okay, so it took me a while to get around that, but I think you got what I'm saying. No, no, that you're right. Thing, for me, I think it was what I saw was I just felt a connection to playing. Like in Mobetta, I was like, I don't even, I don't even play instruments, but like, I feel like I could do this. I wonder what it takes to do this. And at the time, I was gung ho about architecture. I just knew I was going to be, you know, Frank I could see Ward, that. Right? Paul Williams. I was like, I was just gung ho architecture. And so, uh, you know, it was the first time where something actually struck me as, huh. I wonder what that's like. I, it, it piqued my curiosity. And then it wasn't until I took my um, first acting class where I realized what it is. And it is the experience of putting yourself into the shoes of someone else with extreme circumstances that aren't necessarily particular to what your life is about. So I will always say this. I think a lot of people in my business have a lot of trauma and childhood trauma. And a lot of people in my business get into this business because it allows you to escape that by stepping in other people's shoes and playing other characters. I feel like for me, because my childhood was not riddled with trauma and my childhood was very normal and stable, I think there's a sickness in me that's the drama, right? There's a sickness in me that's the drama. So when I can play a uh, character, like for me, the challenge is finding Bo Willie from For Color Girls, finding what makes somebody get to this point. That's the journey. That's why I still love the craft of acting because I get to pursue an unlikable character, a likable character, a funny character. I mean, I'm I'm doing um the after party right now with with Tiffany Haddish, and I will tell you straight up and down, this is the most fun I've ever oh, had. Oh, good! Set. I like it. Here I am at this point in my career, feeling like I've done it all, and I'm just now getting a chance to be this. The inner silly side is just pouring out of me in this one. And I'm I'm loving it. So you get to reinvent yourself again, right? And do something that you haven't been able to do. Exactly. And that's how you stay in love with the business. Exactly. Or, or just with my particular lane, right? Like yeah. I, business will still kind sure, of be the business. I don't have that much control over the business, but I do have some control over my lane. And what I love about where I am right now is I'm getting to play and I, I've told her, I've told the producer, I was, like, I was like, nobody has ever allowed me to be this way. Because you, know you I mean? come across very sobering. Right. And you did right. fall in love with drama. But I, I and, and Michael, I, I made a few jokes, you know, at Essence that went right over your head or you just didn't think I was funny. And that's impossible because most people think I'm very funny. And so I'm I offended. I think there was just, you know, there's just a lot going on at Essence. And I, you, was, I to, you were like, security, yeah. save me. So, it, it, listen, you, know I mean? Essence, uh, you guys at Essence, Michael was trying to escape me and I was trying to talk to him about nothing that mattered. And I saw him talking to his wrist and say, we have a clinger stage 10. I took it with the L and security came and removed me from Michael's presence. It's fine. 
Thank you for you, doing the you, show. You I can't do that people will believe. <laughs> people will absolutely believe that. We had, we had, we had such a we had a good time. Interesting, you know, time, and I thought we had a, a a really good conversation. That's why I was like, yeah, you know, they said you want to do that. I was like, absolutely, because I just want to kind of continue where we were. We had a great conversation. You would never, you did not call security, although that is a true story. I think Oprah did that to me when I met her first because she is the reason why I do what I do. I saw her do it. So, and so when I met her full tears and, and I did see her talking to her wrist and say, come get this chick because it could get crazy, crazy, crazy. Hey everybody, we need to take a quick break. Y'all already know what to do. Press that fast forward button because it's juicy. It's about to get real juicy. See you in a second. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. A champion and carry champion and carry champion. Greatest, greatest in sports and entertainment. Connected with. At Bed 365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. I'm Elliot Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So... How'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We started talking about this incident. Drugs and uh, officials cover up. <laughs> you couldn't believe it. From iHeart Podcasts. It's like the police knew who he was before they got here. A story about money, power, and corruption. The medical school dean at USC was leading a secret double life. She's breathing right now? Yes, she's absolutely breathing. I'm a doctor, actually. There's no way that that guy's a doctor. I'm Paul Pringle, and I'm an investigative reporter for the LA Times. This is the story of an investigation that starts in a hotel room in Pasadena, California, and reaches all the way to the top of two of the most powerful institutions in the city of Los Angeles. When people fall in line, they fall in line. Looking back, I realized, oh, everyone knew. This is Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption. We're always going to have predators. 
It's the good people who stand by and do nothing that allow them to flourish. Listen to Fallen Angels, a story of California corruption on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every champion and carry champions to be a champion, a champion and carry champion, that girl you did it, got a champion and carry champion and carry Welcome back to Naked. Today's guest, I mean, this conversation is deep. Glad he's here. Michael Ely. Back to what I was talking about you being, you were saying about you being on your silly side. First and foremost, I love that. I'm excited about that because I do believe, like I said, you do appear very sobering, but I bet you, you are goofy as all get out, right? You have it in you. I've had it in me. Like, this is the kind of thing where... (laughs) Um, my family will be like, that's Michael right there. Oh, really? That's Michael, 100%. I've been silly my whole life. I've been silly my whole life. And it's interesting because uh, I remember when I heard a story about Eric Bannon. I don't know if you know the actor, yeah, Eric Bannon. I do. And uh, he's an Australian actor. And apparently he was like a stand-up He played comic. like Hulk Hogan or something? Or the Hulk? He played the Hulk. The Hulk. Why I say Hulk Hogan? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> known for like these these dramas munich and all these other dramas and stuff like that but apparently in australia he was like a slapstick comedy guy before he broke it into you know broke into the mainstream and so um like in my head i am will ferrell uh-huh in my head i'm i'm will ferrell at home sometimes my kids will see me do you know you know like impressions and I'll be very silly. And my wife has seen all kinds of characters and, and she's like, I, I just hope at some point you get to do <laughs> that. I think is the only way where people will kind of see just how silly Aww. you are. And for a lot of us, I'll be honest with you. SNL is the first time that people say, Oh my God, I didn't know. So it was so funny. Yes. Correct. You're correct. Right? You're correct. You're right. And I'm like, oh my, they have a personality. There's more. I That happens a lot of times in, in our world. They just put you in one way and they think you can only do one thing. And that's who you become. But I, I love to see this. First of all, Tiffany's amazing. So I'm, I, I, she, to me, has really been able to stay in her own lane and own who she is, right? This is just me. Mm-hmm. This is, you take it, mm-hmm. leave it. You ain't got to like it. And, yeah. and there yeah. you go. That's it. Yeah, you know I respect because people can't move that way. She's unapologetically herself, and if you don't respect that or you can't handle it, that's really your problem. Mm-hmm. Not hers. Really, your problem. Uh, you know, not hers. And I think she's aware of that. You know, and I and I love that about her. And you know, I, I haven't done. I've never worked with her before. We met a few times, and and. She literally just called me up and was like, hey, I want you to come do this. And I read it and I was like, thank you. Nobody, nobody thinks of me in this way. And she was like, I think you're funny. Let's do it. Oh, I love. Okay, I'm excited. I want to talk about Reasonable Doubt, um, the show that is premiering September 27th on Hulu, Onyx Collective, right? Or is it Onyx Hulu? How do you say it? No, it's the Onyx Collective and Hulu. And Hulu Times, you got the Times. Everything's is the Times. Okay, Onyx yeah. Collective yeah. Times Hulu, um, yeah. which I think is going to be amazing. I'm going to get to that in a moment, but I want to go back to. I want to correct me if I'm wrong because 
when you start describing why you act and, and what and what drew you to it and using the description of Mobetta Blues and how it made you feel, I, it made me feel listening to you feel, right? That's right. why you do what you do because it's, um, you can feel, it's tangible. Your passion, your yeah. love for what you do, you can feel it. Yeah. You were nominated, I don't know if you win, if you won, but nominated for a Globe? Yes. Did you, did you win? No. Bastards. That's right. me, bastards. Um, sleeper Cell? Yes. Bastards. Who'd you go up against? I don't even remember. Doesn't oh, matter. They were all bastards too. Um, yeah. And that's me quoting, not not Michael. He's a sweet guy. He'd never say that. Yeah. Do awards matter to you in this business? Do like for someone such as my, I'll just say for me, I work really hard. And when I, when people don't acknowledge it in certain instances, not most, like 99.9% .9 of the time, I don't give a damn. Because as long as I feel good about it. But there yeah. could be an instance where I'm like, oh, I, oh, I feel a way. Did you feel a way? I, I think there was a time maybe in the beginning and I, I don't know why. Um, I think it's, it's how we're conditioned more than anything else is to regard these awards with such reverence that um, we, you know, we strive, we push, we do all of these things. But when you start to take a, um, a more scientific look at the business, um, I, I what I have learned <laughs> is that in a lot of ways, sometimes, so Tom Cruise might be, you know, at one point he was the biggest movie star in the world. Then it became Will Smith. Uh, then it became Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Whatever you want to do, blah, 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 blah. Right? So there's two ways to look at your career. You can have a award-worthy career where you maybe won an award or you won an Oscar in my business, you won an Oscar or you won an Emmy. Fantastic. Where are you in 20 years? My point is I know actors who won awards, the biggest night of the year, the Oscars, everything. And now they're either struggling financially the business is no longer doing dramas, so they're no longer as relevant, right? Um, and or they're going to jail, right? So, and then I'm gonna turn this into a sports analogy because you know, okay, you know the sports, sports okay. <laughs> we are now at a time when an award is great; it'll help me make more money. Fantastic, I'll take it. Great. But my worth in this business is not defined by a statue. My worth in this business is determined by my ability to stay in it, to have longevity, to continue to feed my family. That is where my worth comes from. My worth is when I go to Essence and I meet my audience face to face and they still got love for me and they still want to see me on the screen. That to me is where my worth comes from and not, I mean, in terms of the business <laughs> and, and, and I cannot worry or be concerned about whether or not the powers that be in Hollywood lift me up <laughs> on a pedestal for one night and say, you the man, you know what I mean? Because that won't last. 
We've seen it a thousand times, especially for Black people that have won the Oscars. I look at the numbers yourself. Do you? you I say it all the time. I'm like, all right, you get it, then you stop working. I'm like, how'd that work? There's a, there's a, you get it, and there's typically a decline. Like, it's crazy. I don't understand it. Well, there's do you, do, wait, do you not understand it, or is there a reason to it? I'm curious as to why that is, do you think? I'm pretty sure you put some thought into that. I mean, you know, I think in, in certain situations, and, and this is not the case all the time, obviously, and not everyone's career has, has declined afterwards, but, um, I think in certain situations, um, you peaked. Mm. I don't you like peaked. it. That like performance it. was it. That was your, that was the one you were born to play. And it's like you peaked and you can, you'll get a couple more jobs, but nine times out of 10, it's your agents and your managers who are telling you to take these money jobs because now you got the, you know, you got the momentum. So they tell you to take these money jobs. And next thing you know, you're like, you got flops now. You know what I mean? You went from an Oscar winner to a series of flops. And within three years, because this business always focuses on the next person, <laughs> they're giving those jobs to the next person. Like they're just... They, yeah, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Because this person doesn't have staying power. Mm. Their minds. When in reality... You know, they just kind of chose the wrong movies, but to in their defense, they were going for the fun. Yeah, I want to get paid. Yeah. Who don't want to get paid? Who don't want to get paid? Let's talk about the sports situation. We just went through NBA free agency, right? (laughs) So I remember all the commentators talking about these cats don't want to ring win rings. They're staying in their markets. Let me tell you something. (laughs) 200 plus plus million dollars to stay in in a town and you say well guess what you might not be relevant or you might not uh you might not be chasing a ring you right correct (laughs) absolutely right and some cats get two hundred and fifty million dollars yeah exactly i was like they get two of those some cats get two of those contracts right what i'm saying like you 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 do not turn down $250 $250 million to go join a team and hope that you win a ring with them because that's just not smart. Well, Michael, I disagree. <laughs> I got a little pushback. Not that's that not I disagree. Smart. I agree that that is not smart, but I take someone and I've worked with him and I think he's a nice guy. I I consider him my friend, The Rock. I consider yeah. DJ my friend, I guess. Like, hey, I, I could see him walking out. I'm like, hey, DJ. Not like, hey, come over and eat with the family. But I bet if I had to guess, after he's made all of this money, all he would like is a role that proves he is made it or valued for that one night. I think he probably would say no, but I think I think when people get it the other way, well, they are huge box office superstars, but Hollywood's elite snubs them, or maybe they don't feel that they have the respect of their peers. Then they're like, all right, this one more thing will add to my legacy. Same as yes. in sports. Yes. That's why some of the older cats, after they've made their money, I know a couple of guys who would have came to the Lakers and were played with LeBron hoping they would have got a chip, right? Um, right. Because they've made that, they did that one, or maybe they had one and a half, $200 million contracts, if you know what I mean, right? 
They've got the they got the bread. Now I just need a ring. Is that is that isn't that the fair way to look at it sometimes too? I would one hundred percent. If I had a two hundred fifty million dollar contract and I was done and I could go and I didn't get a ring during that time because some people do get their ring during that. You know, Giannis lucky. got his ring. Lucky. He got his ring. He's great. Every anytime you win, you're lucky. I don't care what anybody says. Correct. Anytime in sports, you're lucky Correct. because injuries create havoc on the best of teams sure. we've seen it firsthand so if you make it all the way mm-hmm. it's a league of attrition mm-hmm. if you made it all the way great so you're lucky you won the ch- you won the chip congratulations someone like Giannis, he got it after he took his big contract right yeah yeah he got it after yeah. he, took he did big yeah contract, yeah right? so if you take the big contract you can still possibly get a ring just because you're taking the big contract doesn't mean that your team won't get there. Okay. It doesn't. It's possible. Denver might make it next year. Perhaps. They might make it. Denver got a squad. Perhaps. They got a squad. You're, talking to, you're talking to a diehard like your fan. You know I don't know nothing. I'm, I'm completely I understand that, delusional. But you know that the, West, <laughs> the West is stacked. The West is stacked and anything can happen. You're it absolutely really right. Especially with injuries, anything can happen. You, you're correct. I'm delusional. Go on. <laughs> the, the idea, though, that, um, you know, you get an, but if I get, a, if I took a hard, a big contract, yes. After that contract, I'm a, I can ring hunt all I want. Great. But if I haven't had uh, a ring and I get this opportunity to get a contract, or I've got an opportunity to work for, let's say, $40 million, which is still a lot of money. But in NBA salaries, right. it's just not yeah. compared to the two. You, we all know now with the way that the world works, you just don't turn down a payday like that. Yeah. Unless it's your second. And even if it's your second, it's still hard to think about not taking that money so because you're setting yourself up your career as a as a as an athlete is over at like 38 40 you know if yes, you're lucky enough that to is lucky long. like if you can 30, li- yes exactly 40, right yeah if you're lucky to play that long your career is over what do you do for the rest of your life what does your family do for the rest of your life well if i got 250 racks I'm set. I'm going, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> but wait, let me ask you this acting. Someone comes to you today. Michael, this role was guaranteed Oscar, guaranteed the role that you've been waiting to play. This is your role. But so you can't take this movie that films exactly at the same time. They're offering you $35 million. Okay, that's more than Tom Cruise makes per movie. So. That's what I'm so, saying. I'm just, they I'm, offer me $35 million. I'm going to take that money. <laughs> because I'll never make that if I get the statue. You're <laughs> and the statue, the statue, here's the other thing. The statue, when they tell you it's guaranteed Oscar caliber work, well, here's the difference, right? What I do requires me to not only perform well, the director, the editor, the DP, the lighting, the cop, everything's got to come. So all these people got to come together. So it's not just you. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This is, there is no such thing as an individual who 
earned it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's so many things that play into that working. The director can really screw up the movie in post. Oh, gosh. I've seen it being an amazing performance. They can screw up I've seen the it. movie in post. The studio can screw up the movie in post. And you were like, yo, this was my Oscar shot. And it's like, yeah, you should have taken the $35 million. <laughs> Hold on. Guys, he's going to go with the 35. Let's just close on the deal. Let's get the paperwork done Let's by the end of the day. Deal. Let's close this close damn deal. $35 million. <laughs> and I know I can invest. I will invest. I will be set. <laughs> I'm a hollering. Yeah, you like look, I'm look. I'm not ashamed. I'm getting my bread. Um, and I'm right there with you. So I understand. <laughs> exactly. I, I believe I'm not. I'm not holding you to any standard. I would not hold myself to. I agree wholeheartedly. Tell yeah. me, tell me your teams. Who are your teams? Football, if you have them. Football, basketball. I, I don't have teams anymore. Who's your favorite player? Football, mm. basketball. History, mm. currently, presently, past. Football um, is a receiver from the uh, old Washington team. Mm -hmm. um, his name was Art Monk. Mm. Art Monk. Uh, he was my idol growing up. Interesting. And in a lot of ways, he was uh, he was um, he was quiet, mm -hmm. and he played hard every week. But you never heard any stories about him. You never heard him. You know, in the clubs, popping bottles, you know, oh, none of that stuff. And well, so that, in a that lot explains of, who you are, right? That's why you liked him, no? I mean, I, I guess I, I could, I, I didn't know that at the time. He was just, in, he just had great hands. Like I watched him every Sunday religiously. He just had great hands. He made the kind of catches I imagined making as a, you know, third grader. And you know what I mean? Like it was just like, I, I, I wanted to be him. And then as I got older is when I realized I never saw any drama with him ever. And I had so much more respect for him because he played his career. He played it all in one team. And then he went away quietly. You know how some people don't go away quietly. Some people got to stick around. You know, <laughs> they got to stick around. And then that leads to other problems. You know, some people can do it with grace. Not everybody. But he, he, he is incredible. And when I... I got an opportunity to talk to him on the phone one time. Um, I got an opportunity to talk to him on the phone one time. And, you know, it was, it was just such an honor to, to speak to him. And he was just what I thought he would be like. Very humble, very, you know, cool. And he was a fan of my work. And the same thing happened with Doug Williams. The same thing happened with Doug Williams. I could not believe that these guys were fans of my work. Oh, wow. These guys who I grew up idolizing, they were fans of my work. Yeah. So for football, you know, I'd say definitely Doug Williams and, and, and Art Monk yeah. growing up. And then favorite all-time basketball player, probably, probably I have to say uh, Bill Russell. Really? Yeah. That's very surprising. Why Bill I Russell? I grew up with Jordan, trust me. Yeah. But with Jordan, I get it. Athletic ability, all of that stuff. And and if you'd asked me this question 15, 20 years ago, it would have been Jordan, hands down. I think Bill Russell, because through his through time, I've learned what he did historically. You know, I learned about, you know, his commitment, Ali, Jim Brown. It's, these guys had a certain level, uh, you know, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like their commitment 
to their community, I think is, um, I have to give that the weight that it deserves. And again, I don't necessarily, I, I have no problem with people who did, mm-hmm. right? I have no problem with the people who, I don't think you're so, you have to speak up all the time. I, I don't, it's, you know, I'm just saying for me, Bill Russell lived in an era where he was being called the N word, mm-hmm. like at work. <laughs> yeah. I mean? like, just at work, making a basket, you know, way yeah, to go. I mean, like, yeah. uh-huh. it, 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 it was a different time. And the fact that he coached and played and got 11 mm-hmm. and got 11, 11. Okay. No one would uh, no one would debate you on that who is is who understands the history of basketball. In fact, he is probably forgotten. So I love that you say that. And even and Doug Williams, I mean, what a great soul to this day. You know what I mean? Like a wonderful yeah. human. So I think yeah. that's interesting that you pick those people. As for Bill is concerned, and I'm one of those folks that I I'm in sports. I know he's great. I know he has 11. I know he's anything. Because I didn't see it. I, right. I'm a visual person. Like I didn't right. experience right. it. So I can't speak to it. I'm very much like I need to have the experience with everything. So I understand. So I, I appreciate totally, you saying that. Yeah. And in that way, Jordan is the goat. Oh, you know what I mean, <laughs> Jordan is the goat because I saw him dominate and you can't, you can't deny that. But I still think that his journey, if you can put it bluntly, was easier. Oh, Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because of yeah, what he I had, mean, he, because of off the court you're referring to, right? Yeah, he didn't. I mean, can you imagine? Okay, let me let me put it put it in perspective. Okay, if I went to work tomorrow, mm-hmm. and a grip or an electric or somebody in the crew was like, "Hey, nigga, move out the way." I yeah. Well, people are getting beat up, dead, fought, fired, I all the things. Star. <laughs> And I was the star of that movie. Uh-huh. Like, this is what Sidney Poitier and them were dealing with, right? Like, you, you came on set as the, the headliner and somebody in the crew was just like, just giving you racial, like, stress. And you still had to go out there and perform? I, I, you got to weigh that into the equation. It's, it's not even, it's not even, it's invaluable, right? You just talking about yeah. you get, it's invaluable. No, you're right. You're right. And then to go out there and dominate, and get 11, and still—I mean, he was in Boston. Like, it, it, Boston's still, still funky to this day. To this day, yeah. So, I have a question then, because you, you, you know the sports like I know the sports. No, you know them much better than me. But I'm, but gonna, yeah. I'm just now. I'm getting. I'm now. I'm getting messy. Does Kyrie? Right. Does, does Kyrie Irving need to be a Laker? Uh, no. And why? And, and why, sir? Do you think no? Okay. <clears throat> and by the way, by the time this actually let's get, let's get messy, but, right? By the time this actually airs, we'll probably know. Perhaps, maybe we won't. Okay. Right? Okay. But let's get messy. I call I my take is that we're always going to get a part time Kyrie. If summer solstice doesn't go right, he's not coming to work. If the sage is put in the right place in the house and the moon says no and the sea says yes, we might have him on the bench. I don't know. He is his, he's on his own thing. You know what I'm saying? I think that the experience with the current roster mm-hmm. 
has proven itself a bit of a disaster. Um, and I say that, you know, with the full understanding that people get hurt. Okay. I understand that people get hurt, but as a GM in this business, you have to craft your squad with that in mind. Like if people go down, who's the next man up? And I feel like the Warriors seem to kind of get that. I think Bob Myers really gets that because when you look at the, the, the second tier guys, if you will, they are ready to ball and everybody's excited about mm-hmm. Camille and Wiseman and you know what I mean? You know, because Draymond. it was, Draymond was the second tier guy on the team. Harrison Barnes was the second tier guy on the team. They, they really found some really great diamonds in the right. rough. They really did. And, and, and I think a lot of that is, it can be attributed to um, the, the Greg Popovich way of doing things, which was, yes, you have your stars, but you always run deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. always run deep. You got your sixth, seventh, eighth man off the bench. They can start somewhere else, right? I think the Warriors mentality kind of kind of brings that home. Um, <clears throat> Phoenix had that um, as well. Um, but I feel like Kyrie... I think they were saying if Kyrie came, Russell Westbrook would have to go. And perhaps like AD too. Okay. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, <laughs> First I don't of all, know the inner work. If you throw your hands up like you in the front office and you're so frustrated right now. <laughs> I really don't know the inner workings, but I was led to believe that Kyrie left LeBron in Cleveland so that he could Be shine a star. on his uh-huh. own. And the idea that he now wants to pair back up with him, I don't know if that's real. I don't know if that's speculation. I genuinely don't have the bandwidth to care. But I feel like for the sake of answering this question, I think the Lakers have had enough drama. I I feel like you're correct. That was the perfect response. But for whatever reasons, we are in a season of drama. We love it. And I don't know... it is as the world turns. It is. Jeannie's sending out subtweets. I'm like, when did we get to the subtweeting? When did the co-owner get to the subtweeting? When did we get here? Magic quit because he got mad. I just, I don't know. I, you know, I look and all I know is I'm still going to be diehard. I'm still. So if you ever hear me tweet or say Lakers in five or six, I'm being delusional because I know that we're crazy trash right now and i don't like to talk about it and i too agree i don't think think y'all no i just feel like it's too much it's it well here's the thing playing in la this is what i will say we never take about that playing in la is like it's not like anything else you've experienced even if you're a clipper if you are a laker and you are even the 10th laker and nobody even knows your name and you make a league minimum, your world is turned upside down by this world, right? It's like, I just got off the boat. I came to Hollywood. Everybody that I love and adore knows my name, talking to me while I'm on the court. It's absolutely impossible to be focused. I I can tell you these players would be like, I saw you at the last game sitting with, and I'm like, that's why we lost. I was like, how the hell do y'all know every, they know everybody because it's so like who's who, so we're so it's distracting, and we are drama, but we don't need Kyrie. I agree. It is. It is. 
I, I mean, you know, I, I think he should he should figure out and do it his way. I think he's determined to do it his way. So go do it your way. I, I, I have no problem. Whatever whatever he wants to do, he's going to just do it. Um, what's going to be interesting is to see if my, my, my homeboy, because, you know, I'm from the area, but if, I want to know where KD's going to go, if he's going to go. Because I don't, I don't see, I don't see how he's going to get out of it. I just, you know, I'm going to go back to your your favorite basketball. Bill would never do this. Jordan wouldn't put us through this. My favorite player, Kobe, wouldn't put us through this. These newfangled, new media players are really breaking my heart. Well, here's the other thing, Carrie. Um, different business. Oh, one hundred percent. It's a different business. They're corporations playing now. They're not there. They're full on. Yes. Corporations out there playing the. Cor- yes, you are correct. So right. smart. So smart. So smart. So smart. They're not. They're not. It's not so much about ring chasing as it is about finding a suitable fit for me mm. and my brand mm. and my. You know what I mean? And my this and my that. What and when you go into a locker room, I can't take it. Every time you see a team win a championship, oh. Every time, especially in the NBA, what is the common theme every time? Team. Team. Mm-hmm. Milwaukee had it. Golden State had it. Um, the Lakers every had a bit of it in the bubble. Yeah, sure. Best team basketball. Sure, sure, sure. Lakers won in the bubble because they had the defensive players in Caruso and 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 what's his name? Uh, Caldwell Pope. And we decided, okay, okay, I can't. Okay, okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Had all the role players, yes, yes, well, as a team, and then you, you know, you're making me want to fight. Okay, reasonable <laughs> doubt, hard turn. Yeah, I, I've seen clips, obviously, trailers sitting with you and Ramala, who is the creator, and also, I guess, she's the showrunner as well. Um, and McKinley, uh, he's also another actor. I didn't get to meet the lead, but a good friend of mine knows her and says she's just absolutely amazing. Um, yeah. And you spent the whole time being effusive uh, towards everyone about how great they were. But I want to know what your role is specifically um, in this upcoming series, Reasonable Doubt, that I think is going to be a huge hit. Like, it feels like a hit to me. Well, I, 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 from your lips to God's ears, <laughs> I, hope, I hope you're right. Uh, uh, because I need 35 million. <laughs> You like got, you yeah. like Carrie, the super the movie star Tom Cruise does not make thirty five million. And, and, and so, I mean, he does ultimately. Ultimately, but, not, but not you like front. the original OG superstar no, no, no. movie star does not Carrie. Yeah. Okay, got it. But I feel like I feel like um, you know look reasonable doubt. I, I think uh, it's important to to know that my character Damon is someone from Jax's past. And he comes into her life and you have these moments where um, you see them start to push the boundaries of what could have been. And I think a lot of us in this world have someone in our lives who we go back to, you know, despite where we are now, we always go back and think, I still wonder how my life would have turned out if I had ended up with that person and i think that is if you're talking about my specific character not the show per se but my specific character i represent that person in her life and that complicates things 
that complicates things in a very strong way. <laughs> very, well, very strong, intimate way. So Reasonable Doubt is based off, loosely based off the entertainment attorney, Sean Holly, right? Who is, you know, people may remember her. She would be with like, um, what was the redhead girl that just, Lindsay, Lindsay? Lindsay Lohan. Yes. And thank you, because I don't know all the names, but she represented people like that. She was very. But I'm assuming that a lot of it is drawn from um, the creator's life as well. Ramla, which is this beautiful black woman who I think is amazing. Um, and you are it sounds like trying to holler at Jackson. She's already married. She's got a whole new life. She got a whole new husband. And you you come in there trying to break up a happy home is what it, what I'm able to deduce. Am I wrong? Well, here, here's the thing. OK. Two things. One, you can never break up a happy home. <laughs> Let's put it out there because I know, where people, go I know where people are going to go with this. Because, you know, the same thing happened on Bel Air. Everybody tried to say I was trying to get with Aunt Viv and everything else. They're literally, Is he literally trying to break up a happy I, home? I was not trying to, you know, it's like a Mr. Steal Your Girl. I saw all the me. I saw it all. And I'm I it, and then people realize oh he wasn't oh, okay yeah because you jumped to the conclusion you know what I mean okay but but you also did that because you saw that the helm wasn't very happy you thought maybe he could squeeze in there that's really <laughs> what it is that's really what it is so what happened what happens in in, in reasonable doubt is you know uh, so Emiyati Coronaldi who plays Jacks the lead she and her husband played by McKinley Freeman. Um, they are um, not in the best of places. They're figuring it out. They're, they're, they're not in the best of places. And so, um, you know, again, that creates a bit of an opening for, you know, uh, her to wonder um, about this, this Damon. You know what I mean? <laughs> it creates, you know, well, what happened? Well, you know, how am I? What would... You know, did I, you know, and and that is, that is, um, that is all her doing. I just want to put it out there. <laughs> Mr. Still Your Man is not in this, Carrie. Do not attack she, him. She, Mr. Still Your Carrie, Girl. Look, Mr. Still Your Girl. She makes a choice. Mm-hmm. She makes know? a choice. Okay. She makes a choice. I, I don't force or, you know. <sighs> Ladies, in short. Don't watch this thinking about what happened to old Pook Pook and Mick Meek and them. If you are listening, I don't oh, want you yeah. to start watching Reasonable Doubt and start. I know you have him saved under do not answer. Do not call. This do not call. Do not answer, ladies. It's this is not what we're doing because it's not Michael Ely on the other end that's going to pick up. Okay. <laughs> it's a problem. It's a problem. My, my character, he's a problem. I can tell you that he's definitely a problem. But... How does he become a problem? Well, you got to open the door. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, Reasonable Doubt, it's going to be on uh, Onyx Collective Times Hulu. So make sure you check it out. I have taken too much of your time. I've enjoyed myself immensely. Thank you so much, Michael Ely, for joining us. We appreciate it. Gary, it was a pleasure, as always. Reasonable Doubt. Check it out. I think the date, he told me, September 24th. Yes. Do not forget it. I don't know how I remembered that. I know how I remembered that because he's fine. Uh, but check it out. The cast, from what I've been able to tell, seems like some really amazing people, very kind, loving people, easy people. But they seem to really have something special. I think we got a hit. 
I think we got a true hit. I said it during the podcast and I'm saying it for y'all. Go out and support. We need everyone to watch all the things that we do in the culture for the community as a collective. Uh, Meanwhile, he is fine. (laughs) Michael Ely, thank you for joining us on Naked. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Mini Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.